Welcome to CannaCon Radio, where the cannabis industry talks business. You guys can hear us everywhere you find podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, even Spotify. We really want to hear from you. So please like, subscribe, comment. You can also find us on our social media. Easiest way to do that is to hit us up on our website at canacon.org. There you're going to see links to Facebook, to Twitter, to Instagram. So we want to hear from you. Let's get to the show. We're in OKC. I'm with David from Two Terpenes. What's up, dude? Uh, not much. It's a kind of a crazy show here. You say crazy show. Obviously, people that aren't here don't understand what you mean. Like, why is it crazy? I mean, I don't know what most people expect from Oklahoma, but seeing a line out the door and seeing people inside the show and seeing their line, like, just like from here all the way, I don't even know where it ends. It's uh, it's weird. So what's True Terpenes all about? I mean... Uh, like we obviously know you guys are are probably our biggest sponsor. You have been for a while now. Um, ben speaks at every show. So yeah, what do you guys do? What's I, I mean, obviously you're a surfing company, but what differentiates you from other surfing companies? Well, I think the the biggest thing is uh, quality, obviously. And so to begin with, we uh, we test beyond FDA food grade. So we're actually to begin with that we're we're actually registered with the FDA as a food facility, and then beyond that. We test to all the standards in the various uh, states for whatever their inhalation is. So California, Colorado, Oregon, Washington are typically considered the leaders in that regard, you know, in terms of cannabis regulations. So we test all of their standards and we're finding that most of the states are, are following suit. And so far, they're the strictest. So and then beyond that, I think with many companies, you might see 10 to 20 terpenes in a profile. We end up seeing 50 to 100, depending on the particular variety. In okay. ours. And so it's just I, I mean. No offense to anyone else. I just think that we're the most, we have the uh, highest quality and most diverse products. I found this very interesting. Wicked Wendy Nutrients. So he, probably the most advanced nutrient company that I've ever talked to, period. I don't know if you know them, but no, they're testing for terpenes. But they're testing the terpenes for plant vigor. So I, and I haven't heard that until like a week ago. And I wanted to talk to you guys about it. And so like, so I actually have another company myself called Panacea Plant Sciences, where I've been working with uh, methods of inducing cannabinoid and terpenes in the plants agriculturally. Uh, and so uh, based on that, my finding is so what they've shown is like linalool, for example, terpene. Uh, plants don't, the plants are giving off any of these terpenes for you or me. They're giving off terpenes in order to protect themselves Correct. from things in the environment. Exactly. And so the reason, I wouldn't say it's a plant food, what it actually is doing is it's inducing the plant's defense. So lavender is anti, or sorry, linalool, main component of lavender, is an antifungal compound traditionally. Like, we're just talking about like in plants. Yeah. And for their own defense. And then, so basically what happens is if a plant, it's not only just for the defense, but it's also communicating to its neighbor that it's being attacked. So whenever the plant is picked, gets infected with powdery mildew, for example, right. it upregulates linalool production, which then kills the the powdery mildew but then also it can't talk to its neighbor or move so it has so then it tells its neighbor but when its neighbor picks up that compound that means that there's more uh powdery mildew in the environment so then the neighboring plant will then upregulate its defense pathway that's really interesting because it's it's really what they were talking about too where they found and i already knew this was true um that plants talk to each other exactly period they do Yes. <laughs> and, and, and so I brought up the example that there's a forest in Utah 
It's the second largest single organism that you, you know what I'm talking about. Definitely. Every and if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it's, it used to be almost a thousand acres. Now it's cut down to about 110 acres, but it's 110 acres of one tree. They're different, but it's it's not. It's like clones, an individual basically. because they're all identical. <laughs> Every one of these. You're right. Every one of the trees is is 100% DNA structurally identical to the other ones, which makes it one organism. So, what do you expect from this market? Because this is a medical market, and back in the day, terpene companies didn't go to medical markets. Well, what's interesting about that is it's also a hemp market. So I think it's going to be even more interesting because the interplay with the hemp and the recreational and yeah. medical markets, yeah. like it's. Uh, but going back to what this one's going to be, I think that the hemp market will end up being larger here quickly because of that and because the as hemp's getting legalized yeah. across the country and i feel like that's going to happen in a lot of places the hemp will quickly overtake the medical market i, I think they, if you listen to this podcast we do too <laughs> we do uh, so like it's, like, that, <laughs> like like overnight yeah like, like what we talk about or i have to remind everyone is we don't have those factories yet those factories have to get built those workers well, have to get trained it's going to be yeah i mean it's going to take a few years for things to school up yes. but there's a group that I work with that can do 25 million pounds of hemp biomass extraction right now. <laughs> so they're, they're already in operation that I consult for. So I and, can't say anything more than that they exist, but they exist. <laughs> and they're not the just, only ones. Just think about that. He just said 25 million pounds. He didn't say of cannabis because no one could wrap their head around that. But of hemp. No human hands touch it once it enters the facility either. So it's GMP. Really? And and we're just talking three, four, five thousand products that could be made, right? That oh, we know. Of. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That, that are just you know breaching the, and, and that's why I think, I don't think I don't think that's why we think. I think we all know, once these factories get built, once these workers get trained, once these textiles become hemp textiles, everything changes. Well, and then I believe that even where does a terpene ter company come in in that? So. Well, depends on what you're using it for, but right now, hemp terpenes are right. not really uh, allowed under the FDA. So currently, you can't put hemp terpenes in a beer legally. So that, like the TTB, will say no when you apply for the formulation. Even the group okay. who has CBD, they haven't actually gotten approval. The one group who says they do, no, they have a TTB warehouse or a wholesale license, and they have refused to submit their recipe to the FDA or sorry to the TTB for approval yet. So there's not a TTB approval for any hemp beer aside from stock and seed. So there's no hemp terpene. And so uh, currently, botanical terpenes are your only option at, in the federally regulated market. So you, if you're making a food product right now, like a beer or a soda or something like that, we're right. working with companies in those spaces um, to bring the taste, flavor, and effects of cannabis without any cannabis to their brands because that's the only option currently. We're also, at the same time, we work in all the different medical and recreational markets for you know, for people to use our products for cannabis extracts or for drinks or beverages in those markets as well. But um, I think that's a great thing about us is that we can ship to any state. So it doesn't matter if you're recreational, medical, or none of the above. It don't matter. It doesn't matter. You yeah. can use our product and have, you can use you know, a drop of our, our compact, our, terpene profile in your drink you can have a drop in your uh lotion you can put it in uh you can food. put it in your atomizer before you take a bath exactly before there's, you chill in your hot tub there's just so many uses for this i think uh energy use in the long run companies are making uh fuels out of terpenes currently and, yeah i've read uh, that in too. I, and uh the england is the leader right now in that 
And everyone's like, well, what about cannabis terpenes? And I'm like, eventually, yes, but hemp terpenes, again, the price point is just so high. There's just... There is a cannabis terpene that you can add to your fuel. And I only know that because I went, I went riding on my new dirt bike last weekend, and one of my homies has that terpene in his fuel. And so when you're following him and it smells like weed, you know who's in front of you. That's hilarious. So yeah, there's actually, <laughs> uh, I believe it's Firenstein, and I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. That one's a hard one. And Humulene and a few other, it's sesquiterpenes. They're all typic- hard to pronounce, yeah. bro. But the sesquiterpenes are typically the ones that are being used because they're a lot more stable and they have higher, uh, they burn better because they're finding a lot of the monoterpenes are so volatile. They just don't have a consistent octane, you know? So yeah. you get like a weird, like, it's just hard to make a blend. So the sesquiterpenes being more, uh, more stable just make for better use for that but it's there's just i just think there's like you said just endless uses for cannabis terpenes all of these things well on that note canacon radio it's been great i'm sure you really want to get back and talk to your customers i really appreciate you coming on and uh, yeah canacon radio peace out guys thank you what's up everybody we are in okc i have cody from total pharmacy supply supply what do you guys do? Uh, well, we actually have been supplying independent pharmacies for 30 years with behind-the-counter behind supplies. Um, then they noticed a, a trend uptick in child-resistant pop-tops and that kind of stuff. Um, so we devoted a whole botanical line to post-harvest processing, extraction, chemicals, equipment, and supplies. So not just a, not just a packaging company? Not just packaging. We do, every, I mean, we do custom logos. We do, um, you know, order by the, you know, tens and hundreds of thousands uh, to get your product, you know, overseas and warehousing it local. Um, you know, not, you know, labware, glassware, uh, filtering, scrubbing chemicals, really anything that doesn't involve touching the plant after it's cut down. We offer all the ancillary supplies, picks and shovels, um, you know, well, that's child resistance is important to us. Right. Uh, medical delivery devices are important. Okay. Metered dosing. For you know, for you know, the health of the medical industry. Now, do you find that being so hands-on with the plant and not being from the state that you're in, is it more difficult for you to get business because you're from Texas? So we're yeah, and we're, I don't mean that as in Texas versus Oklahoma. We can use any example in the country sure. that you want. We could use Seattle if you're in Seattle. Are you going to have a harder time selling than the if someone does what they what you do in Seattle? Right. Um, I have a little bit of a unique background. I, I was able to take off for a year and grow, uh, you know, or cultivate and extract and harvest uh, on the road in California and Oregon. Okay. Um, so I bring a little bit of that. I bring a little bit of that insight into, hey, here's where, here's what a farmer is going to be doing right now. Here's what a processor is doing. Um, so we're, yeah, we're we're fo- so far removed. We have the, you know, one uh, epileptic. Uh, reason for for medical use in texas it's barely anything um but it's gonna come though yeah it'll it'll get there i mean we're just slow it doesn't mean we're not up on the market trends and and how to help you know get things across the counter in the dispensary have you met any big time growers that you feel like are just spinning their wheels because they're making 100 grand a year and they're not as passionate when they were growing eight plants in their in their tent the one that the one that I know real close, uh, it's a close family member. Um, he wakes up like waiting to get his hands dirty. So, and so, if so it's so no, then. <laughs> if it's ninety, if it's four hundred, don't right? matter. He just wanted to get. He wants to get dirty and work hard. Make sure he sweats and and works up a thirst. 
So yeah. that's that's just a straight up farmer. Yeah, yeah he's I'm, just no no matter what it would be, that's a farmer. Yeah, that 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 rem- I don't care what because at the end of the day, this is all just going to be a cash crop that's going to be farmed. Right. And so if you don't have a farmer's mentality, you're going to fail because they. Farmers work harder than anyone else on the planet, right. probably, at least in the United States. Yeah, you got to find the right way to, to devote your passion. And yeah. if it's not yeah. if it's not getting up at the crack of dawn or, or pulling tarps late at night or whatever, then don't do it. When yeah. you're in a legal state and you're allowed to partake, do you like to smoke flour? Do you like to smoke oil? Or do you like your I, edible guy? I like concentrates. You do too, my yeah. man. I, I, um, I mean, who didn't open blast or whatever, but, but it's More than about making, making your own product. Um, I would, you know, I'd love if I had a quality source of flour, I'd love to press out my own rosin at home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can uh, show products. I mean, they've got probably the best home rosin press in the game so, right now. dude. Total pharmacy. Actually, we, we list, uh, show products, rosin presses. That's what I'm and, talking about. Uh, and pure presses. <laughs> Uh, look, I said everything post harvest. So yeah. if you we've yeah, got, you got bubble that. bags, we've got bubble bags and the the washers. Yeah, bubble bags. All that I mean, kind of stuff. I don't. I don't think it, it, you'll notice that that goes away in a, in, in a legal state because it's just too goddamn time consuming. And that's <laughs> after, just yeah. After it, a while, it, unless yeah. you're a craft, you unless know. you're a craft, craft. But we don't really have that in Washington because everyone's too big. Right. You know, the craft is five thousand square feet. That's not. That's not really craft. Yeah. That's, well, maybe it is, but it's it's no, bigger up the 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 solventless is bigger up in the northeast, like the bubble bag and the, is the it? you know hash you know high hash isolated THCA and that you, kind of stuff. You know, it's interesting. Like when you look at Denver and East, you're like 45, 65, 70 percent concentrate sales. When you go the other way, it's like seventy. 75 percent flowers right and i find that very interesting um and like i said total pharmacy supply we'd support a geneticist in the lab with with gloves and stainless steel and glassware just like we would uh an extraction artist right you know in their lab so thank you very much for coming on i know you want to get back to it thank you Nick. crazy ass line still oh man these people look great thank you canacon radio peace out guys What's up, guys? We are live in Oklahoma City. This place has been crazy today. So this is Brooke with Simplify You. So what is Simplify You all about? Yeah, so Simplify You is um, a software that is an end-to-end compliance solution. Uh, We were actually founded uh, by a group of drug policy reform advocates that wanted to find a better, easier, more affordable solution for licensed operators to be able to actually understand um, their state and city and county regulations because the government decided to regulate cannabis more than they regulate plutonium, which yeah. is not fake news. That is an actual no, that's, fact. Yeah, that's, um, I, I, I don't even need to know that that's fact to, to, <laughs> to know that that's a fact. Yeah. And so we're trying to make sure that, you know, whether it's, it's a, a two person, you know, startup edibles company or a giant, you know, MSO multi-state operator that these guys have a chance to be able to not only survive in this highly complex and regulated industry, but really thrive and actually make money, spread value and enhance people's lives. So you, is this for every state? So right now we are currently in uh, 12 states. Okay. Uh, we just launched in Illinois. We actually launched here in Oklahoma um, at the very end of last year, which was exciting because I am personally from Texas. So I need people in Oklahoma to get it right so we can <laughs> hopefully get it legalized in Texas soon. Oh, we've been hearing that all day. I know. Te- Texans are everywhere. We're crazy. We're loud and proud. We've actually been hearing them from Texans all day. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, 
for the last month, our Google Analytics, the number two city has been Dallas. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt over it. And over and over again. You know, it's actually very interesting. Keith, do you remember that we were literally just talking about there needs to be a, a, a website or a company or someone out there that tells you what all these laws are? Because no one knows. Nobody knows. You know what? People ask us all the time. Well, yep. what are the laws there? The f- How we, are we supposed to know that? We put the laws. We break each regulation down into its own yes or no question on a 12th grade reading level. So that way, every single person at a company, whether you're a bud tender, a trimmer, or the Just owner, can actually understand what they can and can't do. I mean, they have made this so murky. And even it, that, there's still gray areas that we we don't try to guess or right. or try to give bad legal advice. We just tell people, listen, if there are stupid regulations in our system that you see, it's because there was a stupid law written. But we're going to try to give you at least the best you know, assistance and handholding that we can to get you to a place where you understand where your business's pain points are, what you maybe have out of compliance and how to fix it properly. So when the investigators show up or you want to raise money and scale your business, you're able to do so. So the software helps you with all of that or do you have so imagine I almost want to ask you have lawyers on staff, but yes, I don't know that it's we do. Is it lawyers. So I, was, I, I don't I joke around think of the other word for what we like to you call them consultants, but regulatory really analysts. Consulted by somebody that doesn't have a law degree on laws. Right. Well, so <laughs> the 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 law firm that actually founded Simplify is Vicente Cedarberg. Okay. Um, and so the Vicente Cedarberg law firm actually helped. They led the Amendment 64, uh, Prop 64 campaign in Colorado, subsequently helped write Amendment 64 in Colorado and are still out there, uh, you know, helping write state and local regulations. Um, and so they um, are our founding uh, partners. We also have um, what I like to call my legal sweatshop uh, in Denver, full of a bunch of lawyers, regulatory analysts, policy nerds that are literally sifting through regulations every single day on state level and on city level. Um, I think their job is one of the hardest in the world. I try to buy them all the pizza and donuts. We all really love cannabis. And we think that the way that this industry moves forward is by businesses being able to show the naysayers that are still plenty out there that we are regular business people just like any other industry and we can follow rules and we can do it well. You know, so we're trying to help them do that. It's been, it's been a very common theme it seems like this is the second one that we've done the common theme in seattle was we're talking to people from everywhere but seattle and the common (laughs) theme here is that we want to be taken seriously and and i find that very interesting uh because we take you very seriously yep or we wouldn't have been here and and i mean that with all sincerity like and i i i feel like if you do something right here and then texas pops you're already going to remember Canacom. You're going to remember how you were treated. You're going to remember how professional it was. It's going to be a whole lot easier for you to go to our show than somebody's show that you may, may not have heard of before. That's 100% true. You you took a lot of the questions I was going to ask, and you just said them anyway. Um, That's because I'm from Texas, and I talk a lot. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's like a salesman who talks himself out of a sale. Um, <laughs> because it is interesting. It's like, how, how do I know your software is correct? Right, and... That's but very- you already told me you have a bunch of lawyers in a sweatshop that are doing their best to scan and figure out because, look, the the interesting part about it is if I talk to six government agencies, you're going to get six different answers. I'm going to they don't have a clue. And that's and, and why- it's their own and it's their own state. 
you're absolutely right. And that's why we're careful. And we really try to make sure, again, we do not interpret the law. All we are doing is taking the regulations that they gave and then putting them into a very simple yes or no question checklist, yeah. very simple standard operating procedure templates that are tied to state regs. And then we're giving them a robust document management system because at the end of the day, when you think about enforcement in the cannabis industry right now, here today, like you said, a lot of times the regulators don't know what's going on. Well, imagine the people that are trying to enforce it. Yeah. These are people that don't understand cannabis, but what do they understand? Paper trails. And, and rules. So, yeah. And rules. And rules. And so we've really tried to make sure that we are giving the businesses kind of the strongest chance that they have to have all the documentation required of them in one centralized location. So their team isn't sweating bullets when, you know, let's say in Oklahoma, they get a 24 hour yeah. notice right now. Yeah. They're not, you know, panicking and burning down the store, you know, the night before and trying to rebuild in 24 hours because nothing's in compliance. And so are people like, thank God that you are here. I think it's both, right? It? I think it's absolutely both because yeah. I think that at the end of the day, I, I make this joke, but it's true. No one is ever going to love logging into Simplifya because that means you're having to do the compliance stuff. Yeah. No one here that is that is a cultivator got into cultivation so they could follow some rules. No, like, but you know, like, no, but here's the issue with that, right? These cultivators, mm -hmm. I don't want to, don't take this the wrong way, but they're not the money behind this. The money behind it should know this because they're businessmen. And, and they, they are. Should, and, and, and I think, and I don't really truly think that an employee of a businessman needs to necessarily know all of this, but he does. But he does because and, we are and, in one of the only industries in the world where a frontline, you know, base level employee can bankrupt your business. I mean, look what happened to Sweetleaf in, in Denver. They're bud tenders, you know, 13 of them got, or, or more, I think got, you know, charged. You had two employees that were VP level go to prison. And then now all three owners of that company are in federal prison. Yeah. And I think we could, butt tenders. there's, there's not a lot. I mean, maybe alcohol, like, like if you're a bartender, you sell booze to kids or mm -hmm. you sell cigarettes to kids. But other than that, like the stigma, the stigma still isn't as strong as it is in cannabis still. Right. People are looking to make examples of people. Thank you very much for coming on. We really appreciate no, this it. Is my pleasure. Honestly, CannaCon's been an amazing experience for us. I mean, what a great turnout for the first year. I'm excited. I'm just really stoked that I like as a vendor of ours and had no idea that we found a company that literally a couple of weeks ago, we'd be like, Somebody would make a fortune if they could just put this information out online. And we're doing and you, it. And you're doing it. So thank you. It, you absolutely make it. Yeah, when you said check marks and yes, no, I was like, that's TurboTax. Yeah. We're simplifier. But it's it's a cute name, too. Um, it acts because you make it easy. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. Again, thank you very much. No, our pleasure, honestly. Canacon Radio. Peace. You've been listening to Canacon Radio, where the cannabis industry talks business. Please don't forget that you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, everywhere else you find podcasts. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. You guys know the drill. You can also find us on our social media. Remember, the easiest way to do that is to hit us on our website, canacon.org. Links are at the bottom, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We really want to hear from you, so please like, subscribe, comment. Until next time, peace. Peace.